You're listening to a Flawless Noises Media Network production. Welcome back to Mama Meets World. Thank you for the positive feedback on the last episode. And thank you for your continued support with the Insecure Experience. The Insecure Experience is a podcast that is dedicated to uh, the Insecure show, the one with Issa Rae. Um, so it's myself, it's Candice, and it's Tia. And, you know, sometimes we have a guest. I promise no more straight men. That's my promise. Um, <laughs> so I appreciate your support on that. You can find all the details on Flawless Noises website or any of my social media. Make sure you share this podcast or any other Flawless Noises podcast with a friend, a loved one, coworker, baby daddy, mama, or even a stranger. And you can support us by purchasing some merchandise. The links are always in the show notes. And as a reminder, please use the hashtag Mama Meets Pod on social media when you're posting about the show while listening. I feel like y'all know my socials by now, but I'm going to say them anyway, just in case we get a new listener. So hey, new listener, if that is you, on Twitter, I'm Mama Meets Pod. Um, I am Mama Meets World Pod on Instagram. Facebook is easily searchable. It's just Mama Meets World. My email address is Mama Meets World Pod at gmail.com. And of course, we have a Patreon, which is patreon.com slash flawless noises. And if you want to leave me a voicemail, you are more than welcome to. It's 425-243-3110. So now that we are done with the business portion. I have a very, very special guest. It is my pleasure to have her on the show. She has been a supporter, like a real, real deal supporter since the beginning of the show. And I certainly appreciate it. I'm very, very thankful to be able to call her a friend. So it is my great pleasure of having a special guest, Jasmine. Jasmine, introduce yourself. Hi, everyone. My name is Jasmine. Um, I am an Atlanta native mom of two boys and I have a husband his name is Dre everyone knows him from my Twitter page hey Dre (laughs) my Twitter name is the ultra beast it's d-a-u-l-t-r-a-b-e-a-s-t and I'm glad to be here and be a guest on your show I love Mama Meets Pod I am so excited that you're a guest because like you are one of the people who continuously like I can tell that you listen to the show and that means the world to me because I always tell my friends, you know, everything ain't for everybody, especially I have a podcast that is so niche. It is just about black parenting and it's hard, you know, for my male friends and other people to jump in and be like, well, I'll listen to your Mm -hmm. show you know, they downloaded to support me, but to know that you actually listen to my show and I like love tweet it. me about it. I love it so much. Like sometimes you just need that outlet and you feel like no one really understands you as a black mom raising black kids right. in America. And I just relate to it so much from the beginning. I was like, oh my God, bring out a podcast. I gotta listen. Sometimes, you know, I let it build up for like a couple of episodes and then just catch mm-hmm. up as I can. Because it's so busy trying to raise these boys. Yep. Mm. But when I do catch up, I always make sure that, I, hey, girl, I listened to the last episode. It's really, really good. Very important. Like, I just actually finished the last episode today um, with your friend who was talking about infancy loss and everything. I was like, wow. It was amazing. I really loved it. 
yeah that one was a tough one to record Mm -hmm. like it was like I I found myself about to cry like listening to her but I appreciate you so much uh, for listening and supporting so I'm glad to have you on today um first of all because you're here and I feel like we've been planning this forever, but life kept happening to me. Forever. <laughs> and you. Everything. Every time we played out beating up, I was like, Lord. And I remember coming to Charlotte, like, girl, how far, you know, is your home? Right. It was like, it was like, girls, like three hours. I'm like, hey. I like, right. I was like, I heard that drove four. I was like, I don't know if I could drive three. And I had the kids and stuff. And I was like, oh, it's going to be hard. But we are going to meet each other soon. We are, because um, I'll be in Atlanta as soon as it. the world is free. <laughs> Yes. yes, and I will be right there. I'm gonna take all my spots, all my food spots, and oh, you know, I'm to all the about parks. It. Yes, to the parks, and you know, Jameson and Dylan finally can meet. If you yes. got with you, yeah, because we were pregnancy packed. We were, we were, we definitely were. There were like five or six people that had a baby really, in really, 2015. My God, yes. we were so productive, and it was and all boys. Was a, Yes, all of them were boys, and I was on the very end, and I was so jealous of everybody having their babies. <laughs> and I was like, oh, look at her. She's so cute and pregnant. Mm, Meanwhile, I was looking girl. like <laughs> oh, uh, the monster from Ghostbusters no, laying up in my bed. I was no, like, I, was, I was so fat, and girl, my neck got black. I was, oh, Lord, it was bad. It was the bad. things they don't talk about. We're going to have an episode <laughs> where we talk about the shit that happens to you when you're pregnant that nobody yes. wants to talk about, like the black ass Please. neck. And for me, it was a little Ooh. line across your nose to make you look angry. Ooh. 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 I, I feel like... <laughs> I was praying I mine was permanent. From, no, I looked in the pictures from my baby shower. I was like, I look like a whale. Like, what is going on? Why nobody didn't tell me I was not cute at my baby shower? Like, what's wrong with y'all? I had the same Ooh, thing but, happen to me. I said, do my nose look big, y'all? Do I look crazy? My y'all nose baby shower pictures back, looking crazy as hell, <laughs> looking big as hell, looking tired. I was like, you know what? None of y'all are my friends for real. But I, you know right. what? I was so swollen and I had this dress that looked like a potato sack on. I was like, y'all ain't my friends. <laughs> Y'all just let me do this. This is not okay. But hey, you know, that's in the past. Dylan will be five in October. October, right? Because Jameson will be five in two weeks. So I can't believe it. That's amazing either. to me. These people say boys. that time flies when you have kids, but they are not lying. No, they are not lying. Told no lies. I feel like I my life. Right. I feel like my life almost stood still. And then I had Jaden and the shit been whipping and running ever since. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. My youngest will be two this year. Grace and will I be two in November. That. Yes. And he, he, he's 18 months now and he definitely acts like a toddler. Like he, well, he is a toddler, but he acts way older than what he is. It's and, that big brother. Ooh, we, but he bullies Dylan. <laughs> Poor Dylan. He legit, yes. He legit, and he's so gentle with him. My baby brother. He's so sweet to him. But Grayson bullies the crap out of his brother. It's Poor bad. <laughs> yes. But you know, how you be mad at a face like that? Oh my God, it's so hard. Because he's so, he, I don't like to call children bad, but he has his moments. And I just be looking at him like, what's wrong with you? It's like, always, you, you got a calm child and you got a not so calm child. And that mm. not so calm child seems to always be the second one. So, mm. Grayson got a temper on him. Woo. I just have to count to 10 to deal That's with Jameson. Jameson does not look like me, but that child has Ooh. my temper. That is me all the way. Woo. I think he, Grayson gets his temper from my sister. 
Mm-hmm. But she's very fiery. Like I have a side. I'm. I am. What is it? Aries moon. Mm-hmm. I have an Aries moon, so I'm just like really, like I can get fiery sometimes, but not really. But I think Grayson kind of took over on that, and I'm just like, mm, that's probably where you get your little spice from. Maybe a little bit from my sister. <laughs> maybe a little bit from me. But he he takes me there, and Dre has to be like, babe, just go in the next room and just like calm down a little bit. You know, and Dylan's my sweet, sensitive. Every time he goes out, mommy, I picked you a flower. That's Aww. my sweetie. But Grayson, ooh, Jesus. It's always that one make you doubt your parents and abilities. Listen, I don't be knowing what I'm doing with that one. <laughs> Mm-mm. So Mm-mm. speaking of parenting, I yes. wanted to have you on this show because, so your story is unique. And I just found this out maybe like six, seven months ago that you yeah. adopted. And mm-hmm. You know, I always look at you and I look at the pictures of your children and, you know, my best friend, Leah, she took pictures of you and the boys. Yes. I love Leah. That's my book. Yeah. So she, she they came out gorgeous. Thank you so much. Girl, I was so tired that day, but we met up at our, like one of my favorite parks in Atlanta and she took pictures because she wanted to know about like me parenting mm-hmm. and she wanted to know about me breastfeeding and things like that because I'm like a huge breastfeeding advocate. Yes, you are. Um, um, thank you. And she just wanted to know how I parent my kids and how, how it is just as a black mother. She's, you know, she's working on a project about mm-hmm. black moms and she just asked me, just reached out and I was like, girl, I would love to, let's meet up, you know? And it was very organic. It was very mm-hmm. like really nice. And she told me some of her story. I told her some of mine and she was just like super interested. And it was, it was a really good meeting. I want to see Leah so bad again. Cause she's in Atlanta now. So yeah, like, she is. Home, yeah, so I was like, when all this is over, like, we will leave the link, get some drinks, you can see the boys, whatever you want to do, like, my treat, let's go. She was like, girl, I'm down. Well, so I'll be down there to visit her, because I was supposed to have Ben come, but, you know, yes. everything happened, and then the pandemic, and, like, you have to understand, me and Leah are, like, friends' friends, like, I know, stayed in my house I friends. Know. Like, we yes. always in it together, and it's, it literally That's I knew. Me. I knew she was good people, I knew it, I was like, if you know Bree, I was like, I know y'all. Ricky's really good company, so I knew. Yeah, I was like, this this gonna be my girl. So, <laughs> you know, we talk a lot. On, <laughs> I was like, we talk a lot on Twitter, and that's just so interesting how you meet like people that you never like really you wouldn't come into contact with otherwise. Mm-hmm. And you meet them online, and you're like, I feel like I've known you all my life. Right, it's like it's like crazy. you can find your people easily because, like, yes. especially on Twitter, you know yes. where we met. I can mm-hmm. see what you're talking about before I decide to engage with you. And I think that's exactly, important. Exactly. Exactly. So you already kind of know, unless, you know, unless you're faking the funk, but it's really hard to keep up a facade. Well, some people are really good at it, but some people are not. But it's right. really hard for me to try to keep up a facade about, girl, I'll be so real about parenting, real about, you know, Dre beginning on my nerves. I'll be tweeting about that, like <laughs> all kinds of stuff. Right. It's and it's hard for me to, to lie. Out. Right. It's hard for me to yeah. lie about who I am online because I joined Twitter in 2009 and I got a funny Same. story about how Same. I joined. So mm-hmm. I was on Twitter like, they're like, oh, it's a new social media network. It's Twitter. I was like, okay, I'm going to mm-hmm. sign up for an account so I can have my name, but I don't think I'll use that. But I yeah. started hanging out with um, Fonte from Little Brother. Okay. He's a friend of mine. And he was on Twitter and I would like look at his tweets. I was like, this is funny. So then I would interact yeah. with him and it's like my network spread, you know, just mm-hmm. from, you know, just people seeing you know him. Right. Yeah. Yeah. 
So I, I really credit him on right. right on me even being interested and sort of a girl. We all let me, you know what? We are. <laughs> we need to say this for a phone conversation, right? <laughs> so, <laughs> let me put my podcast a cat back on. So yes. I have never heard your adoption story, so this is gonna be new to me as you're saying it. Yes. So I really want to give you the platform to tell your story because you know I my angle on it is you're you are an amazing mother. Oh, and you are you. an amazing wife. You're an amazing person. Thank you. And, you know, a lot of people when they're adopted, whether the story is happy, whether the story is sad, they mm-hmm. have very strong feelings about parenting. Oh, I don't want to be a parent. Sure. I for definitely sure. want to be a parent. And mm-hmm. I just, you know, first, I guess I'm going to ask you, like, about your adoption story. Because I know all I know right now is that you were adopted when you were 16. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I first went to foster care. I actually have two siblings as well, two um, natural siblings all came from the same mother, different dad. Mm-hmm. So um, when I was four, I was placed into foster care with me, my brother, and my sister. Mm-hmm. All three of us a sibling group. Um, my brother was two, my sister was three, I was four. We're all close together. My brother and sister actually 10 months apart, and then my sister are 20 months apart. So mm-hmm. my biological mother had my brother in 80, what was it? I was 87, my sister's 88, my brother's 89. So she had three different babies in three different years, not even over the course of three years, mm-hmm. really like 30 months. But <laughs> God bless her. <laughs> yeah, girl, ooh, she was she was burping and running all over Atlanta. But um, we both, we all went into care because she neglected us. She was an addict. She mm-hmm. is a recovering addict. Um, crack, heroin, cocaine, anything you can pretty much think of, she mm-hmm. did it. And um, with sibling groups going into foster care, they really try to keep the family together. But sibling groups are also very mm-hmm. hard to place. So we were in two homes. Um, the first home we stayed about two years. And then we, in the adoption and foster care community, they call it the forever home. Mm-hmm. The second home was our forever home, um, meaning that we went there. It was supposed to be like a long-term placement just in, until, you know, our biological mother got her shit together. Mm-hmm. Well, she never, she never, can I curse? I'm sorry. Yeah, you can. <laughs> she, ne- <laughs> she, <laughs> she never got her shit together. Like the judge gave her 10 years. Guess who our judge was? Who? Judge Hatchett. Get out of here. You're fucking kidding. I am not lying. Judge Hatchett, yes, ma'am. Is she as good in person as she is? She is. She is a beautiful person. Very beautiful. Very forgiving, obviously, mm-hmm. because she gave our biological mother 10 years to pretty much prove to her, hey, I got this done. They give you like a program. They give you mm-hmm. like, and I, I can speak intelligently about this because I used to work with CASA. And CASA mm-hmm. are child advocates for the um, children of the state of Georgia. And, you know, any other state, it would be CASA for Florida, CASA right. for Utah, stuff like that. So I went to several cases where the mother lost custody of her kids. They went into foster care. The judge gives the, the, the parent a outline of things that they have to do in order to get their children back, whether mm-hmm. it goes to a rehab program, find stable housing. And mind you, they help your social worker and your casework manager work helps you with all of this, including the judge, mm-hmm. with the aid of the judge, so they can find them adequate housing. They can find them job placement. They can find them, you know, if they need to go to a rehab facility, they can find that. Like, they can put everything together for you. 
these programs are in place in order for you to get yourself together. My biological mother was in and out of jail. Mm-hmm. She used to bring strange men to like our meetings and our, you know, like our visitation with her. Cause we so had you had contact with her all. I had contact years. with her. Yes. Thing like I had contact with her. I don't know her. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like I don't know who she, who she is. I don't know how she would have raised me, but I know if the situation was different it would have been really bad. I probably would have had five kids, high school dropout, you know, maybe sexually abused by a boyfriend of hers or, you know what I'm saying? Luckily that didn't come out how it was. Thank God. But long story short, girl, my God. Um, Second home we went to, I was six. My brother Mm -hmm. was four, my sister was five. And she became my adoptive mother. And she told us a while ago, like, I used to ask her, like, questions about, like, why did you adopt us? Like, you know, what made you decide, like, to just, like, really take us in and, like, really, you know, just be our mom? And she was like, I fell in love with y'all when I first saw y'all. She's like, I just loved all, she's like, I love your crazy little brother who went to the front door instead of the side door and came (laughs) in. (laughs) Because your little brother Jeremy was a trip. He was, he was a lot when he was little. He was very Mm -hmm. hyperactive and we had a lot of, you know, issues when we first came because we are considered quote unquote damaged goods. But my mother saw something in us and she never she never gave up on us. So that's my question because you're the oldest and so naturally yeah. you're in this protector role. Yes, girl. Parentalized very early. She said when we first came, I literally used to give them baths. And t- my brother and my sister, I used to give them baths and tuck them in the bed and read them stories. She was like, I didn't have to do nothing. Well, but then after a while, I was like, yeah, she was like, but then after a while, I was like, this is not normal. Mm-hmm. I have to kind of step in and be like, hey, you don't have to do this. You're six. You're, you're a child. Like, I want you to be a little girl. I don't want you to have to worry about your brother and your sister. And I had to kind of, I had to change my way of thinking. And like, okay, she's our mom. She she wants to do this. This is her job. Right. I shouldn't have to do this. So it's really hard for me to get out of that. And even now, it's really hard for me to get out of that parental role, like, because I was exposed to it so early. But um, it's a blessing that she did come in and was like, hey, you know, I can do this. Like, right. Like I, 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 I appreciate the help, sis, but <laughs> yes, yeah. It's like step aside. I got this. I've been doing this for a long time. My mother was a foster parent for 23 years. Mm-hmm. So did she foster like, kids after you? Yes. Wow. She's had she's had hundreds, not hundreds, I would say at least a hundred children in and out of her home. Wow. Yes. And so I had a lot of brothers and sisters and cousins and however they wanted to identify, you know, my foster mm-hmm. sister, my foster brother. And some of them I still keep in contact with, you know, and it's really organic, really sweet, really cool. Cause like she, whoever she brought into our home, she never, and she has one biological um, child, her son, who's mm-hmm. like way older than us. I think my brother's like 12 years older than me, mm-hmm. Chris. So that's my oldest brother. I never looked at him any differently than him being my big brother, you know? So it's just, and he understood he was in the home as well. Like he was 19 when I first came. So mm-hmm. he was like, in college and he would come home on you know sometimes on the weekends and stuff he'd be like hey dad you know little sis that's how he introduced me to everybody it was so I really felt like God just like had that plan just like written out for us 
He had to because honest to God, yeah. you know, you have a very bright story. Now I'm sure everything wasn't all roses all the time. Oh no, it definitely was not. Girl, when I was 13, um, we had this thing called respite where mm-hmm. if you had like a doctor's appointment, I was diagnosed with scoliosis. So I have mm-hmm. a crooked spine. <laughs> so I had to go to the um, children's hospital with it wasn't like in Fayetteville, which is like an hour outside of Atlanta. Mm-hmm. So they had to hire somebody because my mom worked full time. So they had to hire respite to take us to our doctor's appointments. So I met up with a lady and she was like, hey, are you still like seeing your biological mother and business and stuff? And she was just asking me about like my story. And I was just like, yeah, she was like, um, you know, you don't have to go to those visits if you don't want to. And by that time, I was kind of fed up with it. I was like, are you serious? Are you for real? So she told me, she was like, yeah, you can deny them. They're not mandatory. Oh, "Oh, my goodness. So she opened up my eyes and I was like, all right. So when I got home, I told my mom about it. She was like, so what you gonna do? I told Jeremy. Jeremy was like, shit, I'm down. Right. (laughs) He was like, next visit. Marjorie was really, my sister, she was really apprehensive about it because she, I think she was the most like tied to kind of wanting to be back with her. Right. You know, kind of not giving up hope as quickly as me and Jeremy did. But that next visit, girl, we it went down. We was like, we ain't coming here no more. You ain't you ain't doing nothing to get us back. It was like we done. And she was like, fine, fuck y'all. I have more kids. Oh, wait, I was I, like, that oh. took a turn. You know, it, yeah. it's it's crazy mm-hmm. to me because you know. Every time you see a story about adoption or a mother, especially a black mother getting mm-hmm. her kids taken away, it's always, okay, so now I'm fighting. I may not mm-hmm. have the money or the resources, but I'm mm-hmm. fighting to do what I can do. And no, you open my eyes, you know, to, I didn't know that there were programs that would help you get your kids back. Yes. I've seen finish. people lose their children. They make it so, they make, they really work with the parents because defects, they're, their main goal is to get the children back with their natural parents. That mm-hmm. is their goal. And then I'm laughing at some people who be like, oh, foster parents, they do it. Let me tell you something about people who say foster parents doing it for money. My mama got 50 cents an hour per child. Wow. 50, that's what, $12 a day? Yeah. 50 cents, none of this shit. When we first came to care, luckily we had clothes and shoes and everything mm-hmm. we needed, but some children come through come to care with the literal clothes on their back and maybe a book bag maybe if they don't have a book bag they have a black hefty garbage bag with clothes in them so the money that my mom spent when we first like moved with her because i think we had some ratty shoes she went and bought Mm -hmm. those shoes defects never reimbursed her for those of course not girl they're not gonna they do they do the very the bare fucking minimum I mean, I'm to, sure because, yeah. I mean, first of all, there are a billion kids, you know, you can't oh, yeah. do it for everybody, but at for the same sure. time, I don't personally know anybody who's fostered, but just mm-hmm. the even thought, like I, I'm entertaining the thought of maybe fostering when my kids are, you know, a little older, especially, oh, you know, Jaden is 13, she's about to be 14. Me and Dre plan on doing, yeah, me and Dre plan on doing it. We plan on fostering and adopting as soon as we mm-hmm. buy a house. Um, we don't want to do it in a rental situation because we don't know when we, you know, when we're gonna right. move. And defects, defects, they don't tell you that they kind of look down on it, but they do. Mm-hmm. They do. They look down on like if you're renting, if you're in an apartment, because they want to provide a stable home. Luckily, my mom has owned her house since '87, so mm-hmm. it wasn't no issue of her, you know. But she's had her sister tell her that she was crazy for even adopting us. 
well, you know, that's that's happened in our family. So it's not it's not all roses, but at the end of the day, like that's still my mama. You and know, and your attitude about her is so amazing because I know people who you. are very resentful of the person who took care of them or adopted them like they took. Oh them no. Away. She saved my life. She saved my life. That is I so know it would have been. Thank you. I know it would have been horrible had I been with my, my biological mother. I don't even mm-hmm. call her mom. I call her Cynthia because that's her name. Do you, you still know, have I any interactions with her? No, ma'am. I haven't seen her since I was 16. Well, she has not met my children. She will not meet my children. I feel mm-hmm. you on that because you have to protect your children no matter exactly. what. Exactly. That's my first. And my, and my mom, she, she jokes with me about it. She's like, why don't you just bring them down at the... Uh-uh. My mama live on Pride Road. That's right downtown Atlanta. I'm not taking her down there. I'm not taking my babies down there. Because right. they're going to be confused. They're going to be like, who is this? I'm like, this ain't your Nana. Nana four minutes away up the street. You have you know to like ease things. Like, There's mm-hmm. this big thing that I, you know, I get really, uh, it's like a thing for me, right? You can't yeah. lie to your children, but you can protect Mm-mm. your children. Like in my case, oh, like sure. I was raised by my stepfather my mom and my stepdad, I have a biological father. I talk yeah. to him, you know, but yeah. my kids know Papa is my stepdad. That's my daddy. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Mm-hmm. And it, Exactly. Like, my, my biological father was in and out of jail, you know, like mm-hmm. Jaden only met him. She met him for the first time when he was, she was two. And I mean, I think Jaden has seen him in person maybe twice. I've only seen him in person maybe four or five times. Um, but right. I'm not going to tell them that's you know that's your granddad or whatever i told them i said this is my biological father he didn't raise me we have a weird relationship but you know yeah yeah and when they're old enough for sure i'm definitely going to tell i have a niece who is she'll be mackenzie will be 10 yes mackenzie will be 10 whose baby is mackenzie that's my sister's baby because that's your shadow child yes i love that baby you hear me? She reminds me so much of myself. She loves to read. She's like super smart, like the smartest little girl. My God, that's my that's my baby. I've been telling her all the time, like you my first baby. She's like, I know. <laughs> and she also wants to come to my house, and I just have a really special bond with her. And my sister kind of like kind of kind of told her about you know the adoption and everything. Mm-hmm. And I felt like it was like a poor time for her to mention that because she's so close to her nana. And I don't mm-hmm. want her feeling away. So she kind of mentioned it in passing. And Mackenzie was really confused. Like, what are you talking about? Right. So I was like, I don't feel like it's the right time for you to tell her right now. I feel like wait till she's a little bit older to kind of just explain it. Even though she probably will understand it, just explain it to her a little bit later. Right. Let her so she experience kinda, some life. Back on it. Right. Exactly. My sister kind of backed off on like saying, saying anything about it. But I don't plan on telling Dylan and Grayson until they're like 13 and 10, honestly. Mm-hmm. Because I feel like if I would have mentioned it now, then I'm going to be like, what the hell is mama? What? You know, he's he's about to be five. He's not going to really understand it. He's right. not going to really. And Grayson, Lord knows he ain't going to understand it because he adores his nana. My it's all about kid. proximity, honestly, because whoever yeah. the child is going to be with, whoever the child is with, that's their family. And it's yes. hard to, you know, introduce yes. them. Right? Because even if you had a, a, a grandma or something that lived far away, they're still going to mm-hmm. do their best to keep in contact. Exactly. If, exactly. You know, you're basically explaining a ghost. Mm-hmm. You know, when you're trying to explain who you mm-hmm. know your biological mother is. Yeah. So, now that we're talking about um, Dylan and Grayson, yeah. so you had um, Dylan five years ago, uh, mm-hmm. Dre. 
what, you know, since you were adopted when you were 16, I'm sure you had some pretty strong views on parenting. What, what were they? Oh yeah. My biggest fear in life is becoming my biological mother. Mm -hmm. So I never wanted to be like her. I never wanted to just, I always felt like she just kind of threw us away. And you know, I'm working it out in therapy and everything. I don't have any like really harsh feelings for her. I do have a little bit of resentment, you know, just because Which is natural. That's normal. Yeah, that's normal. And my therapist has told me like it's okay to feel how you're feeling because your situation was not normal. Right. In the least bit. But you know, I've forgiven her. She's asked me for her for you know, hey, can you please forgive me about everything? And I'm like, Yeah, girl, I had a great life. Like my childhood was very great. Like my mother never let us like experience like really a lot of hardship. She protected mm-hmm. us from a lot. She never dated. She never had strange men around us. I can name like one time I met like one of her boyfriends, but that nigga lived in Pennsylvania. So I was just like, oh, okay, girl. But yeah. she's right. always, she, yeah, she's always made it her duty to protect her children. Always. And that's what I admire about her so much. So from, childhood till now I always knew that I was meant to be a mother mm-hmm. and it just so happened it's so funny I'm gonna I'm gonna give you a little rundown of how me and Dre got together so we dated in college we dated for about a year and a half we broke Where'd up you go? we went um okay he went to he went to Fort Valley State uh-huh. I went to Florida South State which was predominantly white college mm-hmm. and it was 45 minutes away from Fort Valley we met at a party through a mutual friend and we had been inseparable ever since. We broke up in 2008 and I didn't talk to him for two years. Mm-hmm. Like literally, I'm an Aquarius. It's really easy for me to cut people off and like just not talk to them ever. <laughs> really right. good at disappearing. <laughs> but um, one of his friends reached out to me and was like, hey, Dre's kind of had him in a hard time. And he's been having a hard time ever since y'all, you guys stopped, oh, damn. stopped dating. Yeah, and she was like, I really think he needs a friend. She was like, please call him, Devin. So she sent me his new number, and we talked, and we just kind of rebuilt our friendship. Like, we didn't date right off bat. This is 2010. Mm-hmm. We didn't date off bat. You know, it wasn't no thing where, oh, let's rekindle what we had. We just kind of had to rebuild our friendship. Mm-hmm. So when we rebuilt our friendship, we talked let's see we we kept in contact with each other over the years 2014 outcast came to atlanta i remember it was the at last show right at last girl and he had tickets to the saturday show and he was like i know if anybody i'm from east point so like Mm -hmm. i am an outcast fan like andre and big boy both went to my school at one point um they went to try cities at one point together Mm -hmm. and that's kind of like how the group you know, kind of group kind of originated with us right. in high school. So he knows he's a huge fan. He noted like I ain't had no money at the time. <laughs> it be like tickets, that. Listen, those tickets sold out so quickly. So I'm sorry if you hit them in the background. It's okay because my kids be in the background too. Ooh, <laughs> so, <laughs> so he was like, he texted me like 12 one night and was like, I think it was like maybe the week before the concert. So he probably texted me like Monday. He was coming mm-hmm. down for a weekend. So he said, what did he say? He said, hey, I got tickets to the Outcast show this Saturday. Do you want to go? And I was like, nigga, hell yeah, I want to go. <laughs> so he came, he came down. 
We had such a great night. We had such an amazing night. I actually have a beautiful picture of us. I'll send it to y'all Twitter mm-hmm. the um, night that we, we was, you know, hanging out. And he rented this big-ass truck, and he was living it all over the time. We just had such a great night. And he, um, the next morning, he spent the night. Like, we didn't mess around because we still technically friends. So mm-hmm. I'm like, you know, we just slept in the same bed. We went to sleep. Woke up the next morning. He was like, let me take you to breakfast. So he took me to my favorite restaurant, Thumbs Up. Ooh, love Thumbs Up. I got to take you there. And he was basically like, hey, you know, I'm just trying to figure out what I'm doing with my life. I'm like, mm-hmm. hell, me too. So I was like, you should, I'm not just said this. I don't know what the fuck I was saying. I was like, you should just move to Atlanta and we should have a baby. Wow. That's, <laughs> that's one way to do the shit. And he was like, okay. So this was like September. I remember it was September 29th. It was the day after the concert, 2014. Mm-hmm. And he moved. January 3rd, 2015. Like, literally the clothes, the all his clothes, all his little, you know, personal belongings mm-hmm. moved up here. Got a rental, a one-way rental. Pulled up, and I think I got pregnant that night. <laughs> no, for real. I, That's I, a beautiful I, love story. <laughs> thank you. I found out I was pregnant January 20th. Wow. You So you did yeah, get pregnant that night. I did. I definitely did. And the rest literally is history. Five years later, married, two kids. Like, it's amazing. I, I really, like, planned my life, like, <laughs> just off that one moment. Like, hey, we should we should move. We should have a baby. I mean, like, you weren't doing shit anyway. He was like, yeah, you're right. <laughs> and Dylan but is yeah. his twin, honey. Like, Girl, that, that boy. Right out. <laughs> like, you know what? He got, a, he got on my nerves so bad when I was pregnant with him. Ooh. Oh, so that's why he looks like him. Yes, exact the spitty and look, Marie, he cried for two hours after he was born. Oh. I promise you, he was in that room ball. I'm like, damn, you would have thought you would have had the baby. <laughs> <laughs> the nurses was laughing at him. It was so funny. His nose was red. Oh my god, I remember that day so vividly. It was so funny. I'm I i can not wait to tell Dylan how much his daddy cried when he was born. Cause he said he said his name. And he turned, Dylan literally turned his head and looked oh, at him. And I was like, mm-hmm. I said, that probably would have made me cry too. And definitely, I would have been a ball of just yeah, puddles of was, emotion. He was a mess, girl. He was a mess that day. I just laughed. It had been, I was in labor for 32 hours. Who child. So he was, yeah, so he was, man, I'm not reverse, bro. They don't, they don't play oh, that. I, they ain't no hoe. I know. <laughs> I did, it, I did it. I did it twice. It was not a joke. Not a joke at all. But yeah, I always knew I wanted to be a mother. It's um, it's sometimes difficult mm-hmm. um, parenting my children because shortly after Dylan was born, I would just stare at him and be like, how could you not want this? How right. could you not want to be you know, a part of your child's life, like, Drake you know, and that's crazy, because that was the next question that I had for yeah. you, like, when yeah. you became a mother, did you see anything differently about how your mother was? Yes, and I know she hadn't, I know she is an addict, and I know it's really hard to recover from something that you feel like you need, but mm-hmm. I'm like, I had a lot of feelings when I was younger, like, of inadequacy, like, why wouldn't you want to be a part of my life why what made me so bad that you didn't want want me you know why didn't you want me why didn't you 
why didn't you try hard to get me back in your life? You know, you, you carried me for 10 months and, you know, I felt you before anybody else did. Like, why didn't you want that? And, you know, it took me a long time to just kind of be like, you know, I have to look at it like that's her loss. It has nothing to do with me. Those mm-hmm. feelings of abandonment run so Ooh, deep. they run deep. And run I, you know, and I, I try to explain it to, you know, the people that are close to me, you know, I'm 36 and, mm-hmm. you know, my father didn't raise me and he, mm-hmm. I say he didn't raise me, baby. I didn't see him. I didn't meet mm-hmm. him real until I was nine. I don't, I've, you know, the one picture I've ever seen of my biological dad, mm-hmm. it was a mugshot. Wow. Mm-hmm. Wow. It was a mugshot. And it just so happened um Cynthia had gave me his full name and she was she told me how to spell it mm-hmm. and so I typed it in Google and the mugshot popped up and it's so funny I knew exactly who it was because he looked like Dylan so did you do you know him or did you try to I do not know him I wrote a know. letter uh-huh. I wrote a letter to him when I was in college and um, to an address who I thought that was his address because Cynthia gave me the address. And she was mm-hmm. like, won't you write him sometime, you know, let him know what's going on. You know, let him know you're healthy. Tell mm-hmm. him a little about yourself or whatever. Because, you know, I had still kept in kind of contact with her a right. little bit because my, my youngest brother does. Like, Jeremy does. Mm-hmm. So Jeremy, like, talks to her and stuff. He hasn't met, she hasn't met um, Harper, my niece. He hasn't met her or anything, but he does talk to her kind of regular because mm-hmm. I guess you feel like, you know, she's still family or whatever. I don't feel that way, but he does. Um, so I got the address through him, through her. Mm-hmm. So I wrote him, the letter was returned. So I was just like, I just kind of, kind of washed my hands in the situation. Like, right. no, I'm good. Mm-hmm. I wish if, if I could give anything to anybody is children that are have been abandoned or feel like they've been abandoned to their family. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, there's this common thing like, oh, you should forgive and you should move on. Nah, nah. fuck that. <laughs> right. You should do whatever the fuck you need to do to make exactly. sure you're okay. Cause I'm like, I'm not, easy, I'm not hard to find. That's mm-hmm. my, that was my main thing. Cause my, my, my mom always asked me, why don't you try to look for him? Why don't you hire a private investigator? Why don't you do this? And I'm just like, she's like, I just really want you to know who he is. And I'm like, that's fine. And well, mom, I said, but I'm not finna do that. I said, because if anything, you can type my name in Google search and my picture will pop right up. You can find my Twitter. You can find my Instagram. You can find my Facebook. Like, come on. Beyond it's- that, like, I don't want to look for nobody who ain't looking for me. Hell no. Why? For what? I feel you. That makes sense. That doesn't, doesn't. make sense to me. I was like, all right, you got it. But you know what? You know what hits me every time? Mm-hmm. Watching Dre with his kids. Watching Dre with Dylan and Grayson is so foreign to me because I never knew what it was like having a father's love. It's not like Ooh. I'm trying to fill a yeah, it's not like I'm trying to fill a void or anything, but it it's it satisfies me to know like, okay, I did that. I I broke that generational curse. I broke it and I provided a very nice lifestyle for my children and for myself and it makes me proud mm-hmm. to be their mom it makes Dre proud to be their dad because he has a kind of tur- he has a weird situation as well his mother passed when he was 10 mm-hmm. she died of lupus and his aunt raised him from 10 till now uh-huh. and his dad was very estranged from him from 10 to 16 because he kind of shut down after you know, his wife passed. 
I mean, so he I has understand. a very yeah, he has a very strange relationship with his father. And, I think uh, when yeah. you're with, uh, okay, so just you know something personal about me. The mm-hmm. biggest thing for me in my personal relationships where people not understanding my feelings of abandonment or why I can't constantly need to be affirmed or why it's important for me to be affirmed because mm-hmm. I learned that about myself a long time ago through therapy. Thankfully, you know, when you feel like you've been thrown away or you feel like you've been abandoned, you're, you're feeling like other people in your life will do the same to you. It's very hard to trust people, very hard to trust people. And it's like in my relationships, like, you know, my boyfriend, Colin, it is hard for him to understand why I need to be affirmed, I think, so much. Mm-hmm. But he doesn't have the same kind of upbringing as I have. Like his dad, I, he's, um, he's about to turn 40. Lord, I mm-hmm. shouldn't have said that because, excuse me, he's 39 <laughs> for when you listen to the podcast, <laughs> Colin. I know how you, I'm so sorry. But <laughs> when I see him with his father, because even though my stepdad was really great to me, you know, that wasn't my dad. And, you know, yeah. he has stepped in and did everything. He couldn't have did anything better than he did. But it's so foreign. It's almost weird. It's almost like looking at a movie because he still calls his dad daddy. Like, oh, he wow. is so super yeah. close to his dad. Like, Isn't that strange? It that's, is. That's so strange to me. And I, I sometimes cry about it because I'm just like, wow, like, they really know what it's like for their dad to like, be there. Like, Dylan, and, okay, mm-hmm. so Dre, Dre works a different schedule for me. He works. 1 p.m. to 7 30 p.m. So he gets home around 8 30. Mm-hmm. I work from 8 30 to 5. So that little bit of time in between where um if I'm not working from home there with my mom, so I pick him up from I pick up from my mom's house. Mm-hmm. You know, the little three hours that Dre has to drop the kids off or whatever. And it's so crazy. When we get home, the first thing Dylan, where's daddy? Where's daddy, mommy? And then as soon as he gets home, Grayson is running to the door. Daddy, home, daddy, daddy. Like, busting the door down. I'm like, damn, I don't get that. <laughs> it's, it's beautiful to see, but it's, it's almost so scary. Nice. Like, it's almost it like, damn, this is they crazy. They live. It's so, it's so important. And mm-hmm. I hate, I hate the stereotype. Oh, you need two-parent household, all that. I get it to a certain extent. But I come from a single mother, so I mm. I get kind of I get kind of defensive about that because I'm like my mom raised right work you know by herself with no help from men and we're we're great people right like you know what I mean so I see both sides of it and I'm really happy that I'm able to provide that for my kids not saying that anybody who else who who wasn't able to that's not their fault no you know what I mean it's not, not but it's fault. a thing. <laughs> and I think it's more than two parent household thing for yeah. me. It's setting that first example of what exactly. it should be like, like exactly. what it should be like, because it, mm-hmm. it, if I would have had like a two, like, I think that, um, I got a great example from my mom and my stepdad. Yeah. My yeah, yeah. And I love them so much, but I think like, I've always felt a little weird around all men. Like, yeah. I've always felt this like little like mm, I don't know about you. you Girl, know what even I mean? now, even trust. now, I be I be I be the first person to say these men are trash. I be they the are. first one to be like, "Girl, he hot garbage." What the fuck? I I be the first one to say that, and they be like, "How you say that? Are you married?" I'm like, okay. "Easy." <laughs> I'm like, "Yeah," because I've seen it, and right. just because y'all think Drake is is a great guy, don't get me wrong, he's amazing, but he has his trash moments too, Miss Mel. He yes. does, and I have to I have to. 
I really have to tell him certain things that he said, hey, baby, that's problematic. Hey, baby, you shouldn't say that. Hey, maybe you should rephrase that. I'm working on him like, hey, this is not okay. I'm trying to make you less trash. I mean, like, come on, let, let's work with me. And it's so funny because he'll come to me and be like, babe, that was trash. I'm like, yeah, it was. You see why I say that, huh? He's like, you right. It's like opening another because I have a similar experience and it's like, mm-hmm. it's, it, I know it sounds corny, but it's almost like opening their second consciousness because oh, for sure, for it, sure. It, is a, it is a complete different thing, you know, Yes. as, and I was talking about this on the podcast a um, while back. You remember the Kevin Hart documentary that he thought Girl, was going to him? <laughs> Woo, if I didn't, if I didn't dislike him already, that shit made me dislike him even more. I'm okay so, and Colin had to me he was like men are trash aren't they I was like trash, welcome trash welcome he made me realize how <laughs> I'm like what the f-? so <laughs> you had to cheat on your wife and do all that to realize like get the fuck exactly. out of here get trash. out of here come on she, <laughs> she a trash she a fool but anyway um, <laughs> oh lord he a mess and she ooh. all right you better than me baby but right this I just can't. I I cannot deal. I mm-mm. he be saying stuff, and I be telling him like, "This is why I say they trash, man." All the articles we about to watch the Russell, Russell Simmons documentary in a little bit. Which documentary? And Russell Simmons, girl. Oh, girl, my heart can't even take that. I'm not about to do Ooh, that for myself. I'm ready. I'm gonna have to watch it in doses, but I'm ready to see. It. You so know how trash you are if you move to a foreign fucking country, so they can't do nothing. So to they you. can't extradite you. You know exactly what country to move to, too. Like, come on, come on, I took a lie to take the test. I said, yeah, you passed it because you honestly believe you didn't do anything. Of course, you, you know, it wasn't enough for me. You got blank proof, you know, you and Gamora yes. got kids together, and you're not going to tell me that. She was you know, 17. 17 like, years on. old, and you were already a grown man when you started dating yes. her. I'm already looking 30, at you crazy. He was 35 years old. How you Yo, and even back in the day, I'm like, don't nobody think this weird? Do y'all think this is weird or is it just me? That shit weird. Like, Why she with this old care. ass man? It's all about that money, man. It all has about to money. be. It has to be. And you know she, you know she all about the money. She, how many billionaires she done married? Listen, well, she got the secret sauce or whatever. She do. She do. That's my idol right there. That's Baby, gold. I ain't hating on you. Like that shit with Russell <laughs> Simmons was weird, but you pulled some quality mm-hmm. men and we salute you here Mama Meets World. Diamond, Diamond Hansu and that billionaire she with now. Come on yep. now. Made sure she had a baby all them two by Russell, one by the solidify that bank account, sis. Even if you ain't got yes, another baby. business endeavor in your life, you do what you need to do. Come on, split them assets. Let's do it. <laughs> so before I let you go, I want to just take some time and affirm you as a mom. Like I think you are an amazing mother. And I'm so glad that you were thank able to be on the show today. And thank you so much for opening up thank about you. your experience. I know it's a sensitive subject. And I understand, you know, not everybody's yeah. open about sharing. So I appreciate mm, you sharing. I'm an open book. Yeah. You are so welcome. I'm an open book. Anyone wants to hear my story, I love telling it because a lot of times people don't tell the good stories from foster mm-hmm. care and adoption. They tell a lot of horror stories. And I'm so tired of people having this big stigma about, oh, foster parents are this and foster. I'm like, no, baby, listen. Foster parents be better than the biological parents at 99% of the time. Right. Because you don't never see no foster parents killing their foster children. You don't hardly ever see that. You don't hardly ever see 
foster parents abusing the children that are in their home. You always see the natural parents. How many times have you seen, hell, I just saw a story today where the, um, this white man killed his, his stepdaughter in their home, Ooh. a toddler. You know what I'm saying? How many times do you see that? I saw a story yeah, today never, where the parents were fighting and stabbed the three-year-old girl. with a screwdriver by accident. Listen, it's just one story that trick. Ooh, it doesn't trigger me, but it ooh, it it haunts me. This girl, this little girl named Imani Moss. I remember. Yes, and you know Lita. Yeah, Lita went to school. Lita went to school with with the dad. Oh Jesus! Lita went to school with the dad. She's very familiar with the case. Imani should have been here. Imani should have been here. Mm-hmm. They tried to send that little baby with her grandma. And when they sent her with her grandma, she was doing so much better. They said that they noticed her attitude. She was happier. She was gaining weight. And then all of a sudden, defects step in, put her back in custody of her dad. And then next thing you know, that baby's dead. The, the stepmama killed her. The Can't stepmama she? killed, burned that baby. Yes, they starved her. They burned her. They rolled her in mm. some and some duct tape in a trash bag and put her in the trash can. Jesus. I just, that haunts me. I think about that case all the time. And I'm just like, why didn't they just let that baby stay with her grandma? Right. Why it could have been prevented. It could have been easily prevented. But everybody, oh, natural parents. Oh, natural. Oh, no, baby. Because I know, had I stayed with Cynthia, it would have been bad. I would have had five children running around. I would have been high school dropout. I wouldn't have had. I wouldn't have had half the shit that I got right now. Right, and I beyond know. that, you would have spent your whole life with with this self doubt. With a you know yes yes yes, and with a terrible example for mother. So I thank God. God has kept me, and who's ever listening out there, if you have the means. Please become a foster parent. We need more black foster parents because I'm also tired of hearing about I'm so tired of these white. Yes. Tired of it. I'm so tired. Tired. Because they use the children like project. I cussed this girl out the other day on Twitter. Did you see that? I saw that. What she said something. It burnt my damn grits, girl. She was like, uh, she said, if you want to know what parenting is like, practice parenting, bitch. Practice child i said look they're not your pet project have you lost your fucking life for those who don't know the context she suggested that if you want to practice parenting then go foster so you know what it's like and you can give the baby back if it's not what you want mm, burnt my biscuits she like don't she don't need and i went in i went in i said they're not your passion projects these are living breathing human being children if you if you feel like this is okay it's something wrong with you and right. you just said her mama her mama gave her that advice i said you and your mama both fucked up <laughs> right so your mom's trash too is what you're your telling mama me it's trash too miss ma'am like what is wrong with you these are children who are neglected these are children who have come into situations and placed in homes with total strangers i didn't know my mother when i first came to her house mm-hmm. I didn't know what to expect because we had already been removed from one home that was overcrowded. That was the reason why we were placed in another home. Me coming into it, and thank God I came into a very loving situation, very excited. My mom had everybody over here. My cousins was here. My aunts was here. Everybody was at the house when we first got there. Mm-hmm. And they were like, hey, dog it. They call my mom a doll. Her name is Dorcas. Dog getting new kids, y'all. We come to the house. 
It was beautiful. That's a beautiful yeah, thing. Yeah, we had like a fucking welcome committee. I never, I never forget that day. But yeah, please, please at least try to consider it. And you know what? The best way to adopt children is to be a foster parent first. Right. I've seen a, a couple of my friends go through that journey where they decided to be fosters mm-hmm. and they ended up adopting. And I think it takes exactly. It, and I know because, um, you know, there's so much privacy, like they can't post pictures of the kids on social Mm-mm. media without covering Mm-mm. the face and, you know, no. stuff like that. not until it's finalized, not until they have like, you know, your last name and everything. Right. Um, one of the reasons why we were in care so long is because, they, it takes a long time. Well, I don't think it take a long time now, but back then it took a long time to um, to get rid of the parental rights. Mm-hmm. So as soon as her parental rights were terminated, we were placed for adoption. So when you're placed for adoption, you got to get an attorney. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, the state usually, if they're through defects, the state usually pays for like attor- attorney fees and whatnot. And it's a beautiful process. We got our names changed. My my adoptive mother's last name is actually my name on my birth certificate. That's beautiful. Yeah, they change your social security card. They change your, um, you know, if you have a driver's license mm-hmm. at the time, they do that and they do your birth certificate. So it says my mother's name on my on my birth certificate. Because that's great. your mama. Yeah, that's my mama. Point blank. And ain't blood don't make it any better. Right. <laughs> but so. she's a great mom, great grandma, awesome grandma. Oh Lord, my children adore her. Especially that little one. Did you see the picture I posted for Mother's Day? I didn't. I'm going to go back and look at it. Child, Mother's Day was a blur for me. I was asleep. (laughs) (laughs) You you deserve. You deserve. I needed a nap. (laughs) I just took the day off. I was like, y'all, I love you. I'm going to sleep. I was tired too. But Jasmine, tell people where they can find you if they want to follow you. You can find me on Twitter. Um, My name is The Ultra Beast. D-A-U-L-T-R-A. D-E-A-S-T. I talk about everything, y'all. Funny tweets, serious tweets. I curse people out occasionally. It's hilarious. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> and um, thank you so much for having me on your show, Brie. I've been wanting to be on there, but I didn't want to jump in like, hey, I want to talk to you. No, but, thank you um, so much for, for being on. Yeah, welcome. Listen to the insecure experience, y'all, because they be dragging the fuck out of Molly, and I get my She deserves crazy. I cannot wait until Sunday. I cannot wait until next Tuesday when y'all drag her again because I know some shit's gonna happen. Oh, you know it's gonna happen because it's gonna be a mess. I'm I'm ready for it anyway. Well, y'all, thank you for tuning in to yet another episode of Mama Meets World. Uh, again, you can support us by subscribing to our Patreon or buying some merchandise. That would be great. I appreciate you. Y'all have a good couple weeks. Peace out. <laughs>